place. Just thank him for a moment. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. If you're out in the lobby, I encourage you to make your way in here now as we begin our first word. And I'd like to welcome everyone this morning uh, to the Church of Omaha. I'm so thankful that we have the ability to gather together in one accord in this place. Amen. And I'm grateful for those of you that are joining online that couldn't be here today, and I'm grateful uh, for you this morning. If you see an empty chair that you know is normally filled, if you look around and you see an empty chair that's normally filled with a person or a family, I want to encourage you to reach out to those people if you're able to. Give them a call, send them a text, something. Among so many of the things I appreciate about <clears throat> the Church of Omaha is not just the willingness that there is to serve in this way, to, to reach out, but the love that follows that. When Jesus said, love one another as I have loved you, you all take that to heart. And there's just something special about that, amen? So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for walking in that. And along with that commandment that Jesus said, there are many others that we should follow as well, right? And we follow those commandments, those statutes, because we love him. We cannot do this without him. As a matter of fact, I don't want to do this without him. I've already tried to do this life without him. And let me tell you, life with him is so much better to the fact that there is no comparison. Hallelujah. As I was praying for and preparing for what the Lord desired here during our first word, the Lord led me to the 12th chapter of Acts. And I want us to go ahead and turn there now. Can we turn there now and stand, at, and stand for the reading of the word? And I'm going to begin with verse 1. Acts chapter 12, verse 1 says, Now about that time Herod the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church. And he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. And just a side note, four quaternions is four groups of four, so 16 soldiers to watch over him. They all took turns, mind you. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison, verse 5, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God, for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, Peter was sleeping between two soldiers, bound with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. And he smote Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were passed in the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through the street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel 
and hath delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. You may be seated. And while I could keep on reading this whole chapter, as it really has me on the edge of my seat, and it's had me on the edge of my seat, I will be touching some other parts of this as we continue this morning. But for our time together this morning, I want to teach, preach, and equip you on this subject. The way we pray. The way we pray. And before I go any further, I want us to go to the Lord in prayer. Jesus, we thank you for your ways, which are higher than our own we thank you for showing us the way more perfectly. Lord, we thank you for the examples in your word that you give us, along with the opportunity to follow your word and become more like you, become closer to you. Lord, I pray right now for every person that is in this place, those watching online and those that will tune in later, that you will put it in their hearts, as your word says, to be a hearer and a doer of your word. Lord, we cast down every imagination and high thing that exalts itself against your knowledge and release your truth. We thank you, Lord, and we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. And everybody say amen. You may, amen, amen. If you are one that, uh, that appreciates taking notes during this time, the three things that I will be covering are this. Number one, praying without ceasing. Number two, removing the doubts. And number three, praying in expectation. And as we read moments ago, in the midst of the imprisonment of Peter, the people who were gathered at Mary's house began to do what? Pray without ceasing. Now I can look out before all of you here today, and I know that there are some who know what it means to pray without ceasing, but there may be some that are wondering, well, what exactly does it mean to pray without ceasing? When we read that prayer was made without ceasing, we can marvel at the fact that they chose to do this first. <laughs> they chose to put prayer first. And as worry began to settle in, as uncertainty and fear gripped them and began to trickle in, as hurt began to make its way in, the church began to pray. The church began to pray, and they continued to pray. They kept on praying. They prayed without ceasing. But what does it mean to pray without ceasing? Well, I'm glad you asked. To put it plainly, it is to have our minds always on the things of God, to be in constant communication with him so that every moment may be with him. So that the communication line, if you will, that two-way street that is always open between you and the Lord. The phrase, without ceasing, makes note of a stretching. If you can imagine me holding a rubber band and stretching it so that it is taut, so that it cannot be stretched anymore, to be stretched so tightly to the maximum potential, without slack, and what's more, to be fully extended to its necessary outcome. That of which is zealous, that of which is earnest, that of which is fervent. And watch this, and I hope you find this as interesting as I did, because, because the, the origin of the phrase, without ceasing, also gives implication to casting an anchor. 
as if you were in a boat on the sea. And the wind began to pick up. And rather than being floated away or tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine or with any trial that may come your way or with any storm that may come to pass, you set your anchor. You set your anchor into the firm foundation, Jesus Christ, who will hold you through the storm, who will hold you through that trial, who will hold you through that struggle. To pray without ceasing is to cast your cares on Him. To pray without ceasing is to see your situation and do what? Pray anyway. Hear me. As you continue to stretch out to Him, praying without ceasing, so He stretches His hand back to you. As you reach for Him, so He reaches to you. And there that two-way communication is where you're praying and He's speaking, but you've got to give Him time to, pray, to, to speak to you as well. You can't just do all the talking. You can, you can lay your petitions out before Him, but listen. Allow Him to speak to you. Allow Him to reach back to you. You might miss it if you're doing all the talking. You might just be doing all the reaching, and he might be reaching back, but you're so caught up in all this and that. Now, now hear me in the Holy Ghost here, because we all have petitions. We all have things that, that we want to pray to the Lord, and we should make those prayers to him because he hears every prayer. I'll get back to that in a minute. But we can't do all of that without also listening to him as he's reaching back for you. His hand might be there, and you're just kind of reaching all over the place because you're everywhere. Amen. We can read up to the point, this point in the book of Acts, that, that there was an understanding of the power of prayer. This power of continual, constant, without ceasing prayer. And, and the church knew it. And in, the, in case you didn't know, that same power is still available today. Hallelujah. Now, do you recall what Paul wrote in his first letter to the Thessalonians in chapter 5? Verse 16, regarding what praying, regarding praying without ceasing. Starting with verse 16, it says, rejoice evermore. Verse 17, pray without ceasing. And verse 18, in everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. And if you can leave up verse 18 for just a little bit. So we are to rejoice always, as verse 17 says, which Paul understood the power of, to rejoice always. And a continuation of that praying is, excuse me, we are to pray without ceasing, right? Which Paul understood the power of. And a continuation of that is verse 18, in everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Now, now wait a minute. Because if I am praying without ceasing, then to whom am I giving thanks in everything? To whom am I giving thanks in everything? Come on. Jesus. <laughs> Thank you. Paul was giving this order because 
As we read toward the end of verse 18, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. This is the will of God for you. This is what God is desiring from you. God is desiring that you spend time with him in prayer. God is desiring that you keep the path open between you and him. God is desiring for you to walk according to his will for you. But hear me, sometimes... As we pray, the doubts can get in the way. The doubts can get in the way. And what needs to happen, but what can also be a major challenge, I'm speaking to some people with breath in their lungs today, right? Some people who are breathing, some people who have being, you all have flesh, right? What needs to happen is this. The doubts need to be removed. And if I could, I would stand up here today and tell you that it's so easy to get rid of the doubts. But here I am, on the contrary, proclaiming to you today that removing doubts takes some work. It takes some work. When Peter was in prison, the people were praying without ceasing. Then Peter was delivered from the prison. But just before that, we read of Peter who was asleep in the jail cell. I don't know the exact time frame, but it was sometime in the middle of the night. An angel of the Lord visited Peter. Well, at least first tried to visit Peter. But Peter lay there asleep. And this is what I found kind of funny. I laughed a little bit when I read this. But, but the angel smacked Peter on the side, said, Hey, hey, Peter, wake up, wake up. I don't know how many times he had to smite him. And I, I, I don't know if Peter was a deep sleeper. You know, I, I can imagine that the prison cell wasn't a very comfortable place to sleep. Now, personally speaking, I can sleep. I can fall asleep in a lot of different places. You give me a nice hard floor and I can be asleep in a matter of seconds. Okay? I don't know if that's healthy or not. But I can sleep pretty much anywhere. But this place was not very conducive to sleep. It probably smelled pretty bad. It was probably cold. It was probably hard. There was no nice soft pillow as you sleep on every night. And to boot, he was chained to two guards. A guard on each side. <laughs> he had chains on his wrists. But once the angel woke up Peter, Peter sat there still half asleep. And the angel told him to get up. And get yourself ready and put on your coat. So here we have Peter. Whoa. Whoa. He finally woke up and the angel said, get up. Okay. Here I am. Put your shoes on. Gird up your loins. Okay. Here I go. Come with me. Okay. And he went with them, still half asleep. You ever done anything half asleep and not realize what you've done? I think that was kind of the, the case for Peter. He was half asleep. He's like, because he thought he was in a vision. He thought he was in a dream. He's like, this is too good to be true. I, I don't know about this. But I'll go anyway. <laughs> but then when he came to the gate, he came to the gate. <laughs> it wasn't until they came to the gate of the prison that Peter woke up and realized, hey, this is an answered prayer. I am being delivered 
from this prison. He came to himself saying, Now I know this was surely of the Lord. The Lord sent his angel to deliver me. To which Peter then ran, I'm seemingly as fast as he could, to Mary's house to tell of the good news. To tell the people which were praying for this same thing, that Peter had been delivered, that Peter had been freed. And there he was at the door, and he began to knock. Hey! Hey, Rhoda! Hey, John Mark! Hey, Mary! I'm here! It's me! I was delivered from prison! He was trying to get the attention of the people praying. To which no one answered, no one opened the door, but rather Rhoda heard the voice of Peter and said, Hey, guess what? Peter's here. I want to have a faith like Rhoda. <laughs> no one answered. And this is where things sort of fell apart for a moment. Because Peter was still knocking. Hey, it's me. Rhoda went to tell the others. And it was only a couple of verses. It can't be him. No way. Peter's at the door? It has to be his angel or something. Doubt. Doubt made its way in. Doubt settled in what can be perceived as an all-night prayer meeting. Where they were praying without ceasing. Where they were praying... For the very deliverance of Peter. Yet, when Peter stood at the door, Rhoda knew Peter's voice and couldn't wait to share it with those in the house who had been praying. But there it was. Doubt crept in. Unbelief crept in. You see, church, sometimes we can be having the greatest prayer revival that we have ever had. That we have ever experienced. In fact, just on this past week, on Wednesday night, we had a great time of prayer together, amen? Interceding for one another, praying for the empty chairs to be filled with people who have yet to be here at the Church of Omaha. But hear me in the Holy Ghost. Even in the middle of these grandeur prayer meetings, we must be mindful of the spirit of doubt. How many of you left your Wednesday night encouraged? How many of you woke up Thursday morning encouraged? How many of you faced a trial on Thursday or Friday or Saturday or even today where doubt planted a seed? We must be mindful when our mind begins to wonder, what if? Or why didn't that happen yet? What's, what's going on here? Questions like, what, what if this doesn't happen? which can lead to other questions that are, that are based on the seed of doubt, allowing it to sprout and allowing it to take root. Now, now stick with me because we're going to go a little bit deeper here. If you've ever experienced doubt, the, the person sitting next to you has probably experienced it too. It can be detrimental if it's not dealt with, right? Doubt can lead a person to pray less passionately. Doubt can lead a person to pray with a lower expectation. Doubt can lead a person to pray but not believe what they are praying. Doubt can lead a person away from their Savior. 
Doubt led Abraham to be okay with having an affair with a maidservant, birthing a whole lineage of trouble. Doubt led Gideon to ask God to prove to him that Israel would be saved. Now, God was gracious, obviously, but, but doubt can deter the way we pray. Doubt can deter the way we pray, but, but be encouraged. If you've faced doubt of any kind, if you have experienced doubt with any prayer that you have prayed, be encouraged. There is a way to defeat the doubt. There is a way out. But how, you may ask, how can I defeat this doubt? How can I move forward without a doubt? How can I pray and not have doubts? Well, let's go to the Word. Psalm 145, beginning with verse 17. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. The Lord is nigh unto them that call upon Him, to all that call upon Him in truth. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. The Lord preserveth all them that love Him, but all the wicked will He destroy the Lord is nigh unto all them that call upon Him in truth. The Lord is near to you, child of God. The Lord is closer to you than the very person sitting next to you. And furthermore, He also will hear your cry and save you. But wait, even so, the Lord preserves you that love Him. So here it is. Call upon Him in truth. God cannot be something that He is not. But He is what His Word says He is. That includes, but is not limited to, the provider, the healer, the one that is mighty to save, the one that is mighty to deliver, the one that is closer than a brother, the way maker, the keeper of His promises, the Alpha, the Omega, the creator of the heavens and the earth. And those desires that you have, if you fear Him, that is, if you have reverence for Him, respect for Him, and put Him where He needs to be in your heart and in your mind, and allow Him to reside there with that no vacancy sign that, I, that I've mentioned many times before, saying there's no room for anything else, He will give you the desires of your heart. And here is the thing about those desires. Because if you put God where He belongs here, as you put on the mind of Christ, those desires we just read will follow suit. And His Word says He will fulfill them. Next, we read that He hears the cry, our cry, and He saves us, which, which I mentioned already, but I'm so glad that He hears me. I'm so glad that the petitions that I have made before God do not fall on deaf ears. On that note, some of you may have experienced doubt because the Lord has not answered your prayer yet. But I want to encourage someone here today to not lose heart, to not give up hope. Your prayer has not fallen on deaf ears. Your prayer has not been forgotten. I don't know who this might be for here today, but, but let me just tell you to keep praying, keep seeking, keep Knocking, sometimes your answered prayer does not come in the way you expect it. And when the Lord brought that to my mind, I'm thinking, whoa. Sometimes your answered prayer does not come in the way you expect it. 
And looking back to Acts 12, the people praying in the house didn't believe that Peter was at the door at first. Even, if they, even though they were praying, they, they had a hard time believing it had happened as it did. I don't know if it was the time of day or, or how quickly it happened or what. Or if they envisioned it happening another way. But doubt seemed to spill over for just a bit. And I know there, there are some here today who have prayed to God for provision, for healing, for deliverance, or anything else. Whatever it may have been for you. You've prayed for God to do it one way, but God had other plans. He heard that prayer, but the answer came in a different way. A way that you may have not been expecting. I know for me personally, it has worked this way. And let me just tell it like this. There have been times in my life where, where I didn't know, or there was a particular time where I didn't know if I was going to make it to, to the next week as far as like, you know, my, my paycheck goes and getting paid and things like that. And my, I was concerned about it. Money was getting a little bit tight. So I prayed. I prayed, Lord, could you just give me a little bit of a raise? Just a little bit. That would surely help. And the Lord... He answered my prayer, but not in the way that I had anticipated. Instead, there was a debt over here that was forgiven. Instead, there was a bill over here that was lowered. God did it, but it took me just a little bit to realize how he did it. And maybe you've prayed for a healing, a divine miracle, and just as God can work a miracle in your body, can God also bless the hands of the doctor that may have to perform a surgery or do something like that? Is God still in the midst of that? Yes. The point of all this is that sometimes God answers prayers unexpectedly or in a way that we do not realize at first, but, but it is all according to his will. And I think I can speak for all of you in this room when I pray to the Lord saying, I just want your will to be done. I want your perfect will to be accomplished in my life. But guess what? Guess what diffuses doubt? Turn with me to the book of Mark 11, starting with verse 22. And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, and shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever thing, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. And if we look to Matthew 17 and Matthew 21 and Luke 17, you will read of the same account as well as what is often referred to as this mustard seed faith. If you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move, and it will move. If you have faith like a mustard seed, as we read in another account, you can tell that mulberry tree to be uprooted and be planted in the sea, and it will obey. Someone say faith. Faith. Faith like a mustard seed is what it takes to distinguish that doubt. Faith says that God's going to do it how he wants to do it. He hears my prayer. I know he is always attentive 
to my need. I know that he will do what he said he would do. I know he will finish what he started. And when you picture that mustard seed and see how small that mustard seed is, put that picture up on the screen behind me. You'll see a penny next to a mustard seed and how small that actually is. You may think, really? Is that all it takes? And here's the truth. You don't need a large amount of faith to move a mountain. A small amount of faith in Jesus results in big things. A small amount of faith placed in Jesus results in the impossible becoming possible. Remember that with God all things are what? All things are possible. Nothing is too hard for the Lord. Nothing is too big for Him to handle. But here is the main deterrent of that. Doubt begins with a thought. A thought, a perceived reality of something we haven't seen yet. But somebody tell me, let me just go ahead and tell you, what we're supposed to do with those thoughts. As Paul writes, we are to take those thoughts captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ. If you bring those thoughts captive, if you take those thoughts captive, you, you, you grab a hold of them and you say, they're yours, Lord. I'm giving that doubt to you. I'm giving that unbelief to you. I'm giving that worry to you. I'm giving all these thoughts to you. And doubt is included in that because, again, doubt starts as a thought. You think that maybe that's not going to happen. And then that thought takes root. But when we take those thoughts captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ, we give them to the one who we know will answer. We give those doubts to the one who we know will, will diffuse that doubt, who will build our faith, who will uproot that seed of doubt that may be planted and in turn plant that mustard seed of faith. Remember that with God all things are possible. If you find yourself here today empty of the faith you once had in God, there's renewal in this place. And that renewal can start for you today. That mustard seed faith can appear again today. And it's not that you go from having no faith to having a big old bucket of mustard seeds. You may not have a lot, but you have to start somewhere. It may be small, but as it continues to grow, it will grow and grow, and pretty soon the seed will produce other seeds. And those seeds will begin to produce other seeds. And pretty soon you can walk up to that brother or sister who may be now where you were then, and you can say to them, you've got to start somewhere. Here is that mustard seed. God did it for me. He can do it for you. I wonder if we can give him some praise for that mustard seed of faith. Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that faith that can move mountains. That faith that can calm the storms. That faith that cannot be contained. Give me more, Jesus. I want more of you. I believe that every need that I have will come to pass through you. And I wonder if there were some people here today, or maybe some people watching online, or some people that will watch this later that will begin to pray in expectation. That will begin to pray expecting to receive from the Lord. 
without any wavering, believe that he hears your prayers without any doubt, that will take heed to the words of Jesus, and that we read when, when he tells his disciples in Matthew chapter 7, beginning with verse 7, some, somebody say, ask. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Somebody say, seek. Seek, and ye will find. Somebody say, knock. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone that asks receives, and everyone who seeks finds. And to him that knocks, the door will be opened. Hallelujah. But wait, there's more. Oh, oh, what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a serpent? God will provide for you what you need. If you ask for bread, as he said, he won't bring you a stone. If you ask for a fish, he will not bring you a serpent. If you ask for anything, God will not stand still and do nothing. Oh, there may, be, there may be a time of waiting. The answer may be, yes, I'll do that right now. But the answer may also be, yes, but you might have to wait a little bit. Or it might be, yes, but I'm going to do it a different way. Or it may be, no, but here's something better. Or even further, it may be a no, but here's the reason. If, hallelujah. If you then being evil, verse 11, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him. Somebody needs to proclaim in their life, in their struggle, in their hurt, in their pain, in their distress, over their home, over their job, over their finances, over their health. God, you will provide without asking. <laughs> Hallelujah. Without asking. Without asking, how can you receive? Without seeking, how can you find? Without knocking, how can a door be opened for you? Come on, somebody. You may be here today, and you've been asking for so long, and I know this may sound redundant, but it's the word. Keep asking. You may be here today, and you've been seeking, you, you've been searching, you've been waiting, but keep seeking. Oh, you may be here today, and you've been knocking on that door, but you know what you've got to do until that door opens? <laughs> Praise him in the hallway. Praise him at the door until it opens. Come on, have some faith in this place. Just like Peter kept knocking, he's like, I know, I know my miracle. I know what God did for me, and I can't wait to share it. And once, uh, uh, once that door opened, hallelujah, they began to proclaim. They began to celebrate and say, yes! He's been delivered. Come on, somebody's knocking. Something's knocking at your door today. You may have been knocking for, you may have been hearing that knock for a long time, but it's time that you open the door to your miracle. It's time that you open the door to that provision. Come on, allow God to do it for you. Oh, hallelujah. Keep knocking. And while you're at it, go ahead and praise him. Hallelujah. Go ahead and praise him in the in-between. There's a lot of things. There's a uh, hallelujah. I know. <laughs> There's been some struggles. How many of you have struggled? I think everybody can. But what you do in the midst of that struggle, you praise him. You lift those hands anyway. You know where the victory is? The victory 
is in the Lord. As you lift your hands, you're saying, I find my victory in you. I find my help in you. I wonder if we've got some people who will lift their hands all over this place. If you want to stand, go ahead and stand. If you want to pray and say, Lord, you are my provider. You are my victory. You are the one who is mighty to save. Come on. Come on. Praise him for a moment. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, go ahead and praise him in advance of your miracle. Go ahead and praise him in advance of, of your healing, of your deliverance, of your need, and believe that it has already come to pass. If you've never thought to pray without ceasing, start today. If you've had doubts creep into your mind, take those thoughts captive and bring them into the obedience of Christ. Tell those doubts, those thought, those doubts that, that God is not a man that he should lie. He keeps his promises. If your expectations have been lowered for any reason, God is the only one who is able to exceed those expectations according to his perfect will. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? Oh, church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Keep that spirit of praise for just a moment. But whatever you ask in prayer, when we read from the mouth of our Savior, that whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you will receive it and you will have it. This is the way we pray. We pray in expectation. We pray without ceasing. We pray believing that he will finish what he started, that he will bring to pass the petitions that have been made before him. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's give him some praise all over this place. Let's go ahead and stand all over this place. If you want to lift your hands in great expectation, then go ahead and lift your hands, but begin to praise him. Begin to pray to him saying, Lord, I believe you will finish what you started. You are the author and the finisher of our faith. Oh, I feel faith rising in this place. The gift of faith has been placed on you who are seeking him faithfully. Come on, fill this room with praise for a moment. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. It is finished. It will come to pass. Yes, yes, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. Oh, hallelujah. I know there's some expectation that's rising in this place. Lord, I know you're going to do it. I'm sorry I fell short before. But right now, Lord, I'm putting my faith in you. You're renewing that faith like a mustard seed. You're planting that faith within me. You're removing that doubt. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. God, we praise you and we thank you for your matchless ways. You are wonderful in all of your ways. Come on, pray with me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, we've got a few minutes here. We can stir this place up for a moment. If you want to come up to the front and pray, go ahead and come up to the front and pray. I want us to, I want us to pray in expectation. I know this is a first word, and we've got a 10-minute uh, thing happening here in just a bit, but I want this to overflow into our, second, or into our worship service here today. Keep praying. Keep praying. Keep seeking. Come on, keep knocking. Come on, keep, keep asking. Keep asking them. Don't lose that faith. Don't let it waver. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, God, let your faith arise in this place. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, God, you are mighty and wonderful. Hallelujah. Oh, you are matchless in all of your ways. You are holy and righteous, oh, God. You are the only one who can answer my prayers. You are the only one that, that can move how I need you to move. 
You are the only one that always hears every petition that I have, that hears every prayer that I have. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I declare your healing. In the name of Jesus, I declare your truth. In the name of Jesus, I declare your deliverance. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, it is finished and it is done. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. To pass. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on, just let that stir up in you for a moment. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Stir it in our hearts, oh God, to not lose faith but to trust in you. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. 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 Come on. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Uh, we praise you. Hallelujah. We believe in you, Lord. Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord. Come on, let's clap our hands to the Lord all over this place. Go ahead. Go ahead. Clap in greater expectation. Yes, yes. Hallelujah. Come on, let those chains of doubt begin to fall. Clap your hands to the Lord. Lift up your hands as those chains. Uh, uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you all. Be back in 10 minutes for our worship service. Take a quick break here. If you're, if you're praying right now, keep praying. Don't stop. And pray us into our, our worship service here today. God bless you all.